Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 27 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Once again, we are joined by Mets reliever Trevor May, who's good enough to fight through today. A little uh, coughing, aching, stuffy head fever so you can rest medicine. Not that bad. How you sound? Not that bad. Not that bad. No, just just stuffy. Just stuffy. Is it, is it an allergy thing? Is it the nasty weather in New York change? I mean, it what could have it? a little bit to do with that. A lot of guys, uh, actually, we've had a couple of guys just like sinus things happen in the last week or so, and they just had to take some antibiotics. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's the same thing. I, it's something I have recurring, or I've had recurring a lot in my life anyway. So um, just staying inside for the last 18 months has, has helped me avoid it. So I forgot that it was something that naturally happened to me. So sorry what it is. Nothing but bad. I always have you as a guy who um, you're progressive when it comes to almost everything. Like you always seem to be a step ahead of everybody else, whether it's technologically or, or medicine or something like I could imagine you being the guy who has figured out how to defeat this illness. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Um, and I'm sad because usually I have like all these, I have like airborne, that stuff you, you're supposed to drink before you fly. Right. Like heavy vitamin C stuff. I usually have like a tube of that with me and, and Advil cold and sinus and all this stuff in my house. So I wake up stuffy. I can just crush it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, hours. something that, that helps in the, in the broadcast world is really opening up everything, like your, your body and screaming and letting things out. Yeah. So maybe I should send you back down to Miami where uh -huh. I where you uh, after striking somebody out yelled where the entire stadium, I think, shook after. Was that like one of those out of body experiences? Yeah, I didn't expect to get that fired up. But there, for whatever reason, there was just the I didn't feel like I had a lot of help that day. Um, and there was a lot of stuff, a lot of. Uh, I feel like I was out there just kind of like, I'm like, this is on me. Like, uh, there no, ain't no one coming out to help me. They're, like, there's going to be, if someone puts the ball in play here, it's probably going to just squirt through the hole. It was just one of those days where I just like, was like, I assume that. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think what I was so fired up is because when I got 3-1 on Cooper, something in my head, and this happens, uh, I love going into this mode, but something in my head switched, like all of the options are out. Like, there's no like, there's no um, hesitation. It's like, I'm throwing two fastballs. Like, he knows I'm throwing two fastballs. <laughs> I know I'm throwing two. Like, there's nothing. I just put one down. And I, I believe in 3-2, he just put one side with a guy in second. Like, and so I'm like, this is either going to go really well or it isn't. And I had made the decision that I was just going to make it go well. And then when you achieve, when that happens, that, that, that result you, uh, you, you feel like it's going to happen does, like, that's, that's when you get really really excited and i so, imagine the the dugout is equally as excited i've never seen them so it's like uh, them respond to me uh because i'm gonna be honest like this this team responds to like emotion a little bit differently than the twins did uh a lot of, a lot of younger guys uh and so i'll just remember remember coming down uh, the steps and seeing nimmo just like like kind of posted up kind of crossed down just yelling let's go at me it was really funny it looked like it was it was like I was in WWE or something, but a lot of guys really fired up. And I actually, I'll never forget Maymouth coming up and giving me a huge like high five. And that's like, I, I hadn't even, because he just got there that day. So I hadn't even spoken to him yet, <laughs> which is really cool. Like that's, uh, you know, he's been, he's been around and he's actually been, sw he switched teams like that, like a good number of times in his career. So he's just mm -hmm. like flowing like water, right? He just he's fitting right in wherever he goes. So, uh, but that was, that was super cool. Just like knowing that anyone who comes in plugs right into our team. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. really that's good stuff, dude. I, I'm always curious about this because my my 
youngest son just finished his freshman year in high school mm-hmm. and um, he played varsity baseball. He got a handful of innings this year. He probably got 10 innings on the mound, hadn't pitched in two and a half years. So the plate was moving on him a little bit. Uh-huh. And I would constantly talk to him about how, how you battle that. Because like once you start b- throwing ball four or hitting guys, like how in the world do you ever lose confidence while you're on the mound? Do you have to snap yourself out of it? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you go out and for whatever reason, you're more nervous on any given day. <clears throat> it's most common, like at the beginning of an inning, you start and you're like, man, you want to get that first hitter out and say like you just make a mistake and hit the double or something. They got in second. Mm-hmm. For, for me, inherently, like in my career, I've been really good at stranding that guy in second. I'm just getting the next three guys out. Right. Um, but there's days where you're just like, oh, no, not this. And then that's when <laughs> like you just like for whatever reason, you just don't have the, the, the energy to like battle through it again so you have to like find it somewhere um and there's stretches during the year where you're just like you have less energy you have less men- mental energy to 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 compete like to 100 percent for an- just because it's every day man you just get we talked about this a lot in the pen recently just especially with how <laughs> our team is it's game seven every day and right. uh you know we're, we're winning games two one three one four two that's four, a lot three, of stress every day um, and so it's max leverage every time we pitch and we love it. We thrive there, but like, you know, human beings, like we can't, you can't do that for 162 straight games. Like, uh-huh. uh, um, and so you got to find ways or at least like who's, uh, whose job it is that day changes a little bit. So other guys are getting opportunities to get those big outs. So like, but when your whole team, when your whole pen is used to doing it, um, or has experience doing it, that makes a really, really, really good team. So I know that we're doing a pretty good job of that, giving guys opportunities. Uh, but yeah, that's how you do Like you get nervous and you got to recognize that like, it's no, no different. The actual like situation isn't any different than it's ever been. And I uh, got to find a way to reach down deep and go. That's like a major skill that I think bullpen guys, uh, the best ones are good at is just like reaching down deep when they don't have like all the energy in the world that day. So I'm curious, you guys are the, I believe the most banged up team in baseball. Yet you're still in first place at the time we're taping here. Um, and, and I understand the whole, hey, listen, that's baseball. It's next man up. It's a sports mentality. And I get and respect that. But at some point, like, you've got to be peeking around the next corner saying, what in the hell is going on when you've got 16 guys on the injured list? And I'm not talking about, like, some fringe major leaguers. I'm not talking about bona fide guys that are expected to contribute. Is it weird? Yeah, it's very weird. I'm, I'm going to be honest. There was, a, there was a lineup the other day where only person – or the only two guys that were in it from opening day were McCann and Lindor. And McCann was playing first for the first time <laughs> since college. So I was like, it's, uh, we, we were joking around in training room. Cause there was a bunch of re- like uh, McNeil and Conforto and, and Nimmo, like a bunch of guys were in there rehabbing. I was like, it's like final destination in this team. Like if any of you guys are driving home from the, from the field, just, and you see a log truck, just get, get out from behind that thing. Because that's when this is going to happen. I'm like, not that it's like a log is going to fall and like come through the windshield. What's going to happen is a log is going to fall. You're going to have to dodge it and you're going to go hit the guardrail and like hurt your shoulder or something. <laughs> that's what's <laughs> going to happen. So just please drive the speed limit and avoid other people as much as possible. We need you. Um, yeah, but I, I, we are doing such a good job of like embracing all the guys that are coming up and having to fill roles, especially when they're rookies like Khalil Lee, Jake Hager. Khalil Lee and J- Jake Hager got there on that same day. I yelled, got their big, the first big league hit for the first time in the 11th inning. And they both, and then uh, uh, Joneshwi, which is the best first name in the major leagues, Vargas, Fargus got his like third hit 
And the, all three of them happened the same inning, and they, we scored three runs, and we won. And he almost hit it in the Parker. Uh, Fargus did. Like, like the chances of that happening are are crazy. I'll never forget because we bring everyone up, and we have them tell a speech when they get a first, and we have tons mm-hmm. of firsts on this team. Um, and and Kay Lee goes, "I made contact, boys," because I think it was zero for nine for nine Ks at that point. And uh, it was like just a lot of feel, hilarious, and just like really enjoying the moment. And so we've been embracing these guys. And uh, they've been stepping up and we, we're just scraping things by. We're not expecting anyone to go, come up and just be like, you know, like Pete Alonzo was when he came up. Like, we're not, we don't need the, you know, the next superstar, rookie superstar. We just need guys to do their job the best they can. And, and I think we're, our culture is, is allows for that stuff to happen well. So we were set up culturally really well for something like this to happen. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see guys achieve firsts and then to achieve firsts while you're in first when guys are banged up is just awesome stuff. So you guys have um, Pat Mazika on your team. Yes. Who I think had two walk-offs or something before he ever got a hit in the major leagues. Or he at had least three one. RBIs before. Three. Yeah. So he tied a game once and he got two walk-offs. Right. So every time I looked up and he was doing something good and they were ripping his shirt off, I was like, who's the dude they just plucked out of section 138? Because he yeah. does not... <laughs> It's seriously, it looked like, like how'd that guy become a major league baseball player? It's crazy. And plus with the number he's with the number he's wearing and everything. I really thought it was like, Hey, bring your, your fanboy to work day a couple of times. Uh, Believe it or not. That's what a lot of catcher bodies look like. So uh, (laughs) it's actually not as rare as you think it is. It's weird because he's like hairless too. I, I was like, dude, I thought you'd have some chest hair or something, but you don't. Which is with the big beard too. Right. So it, it looks make... like he should be like fully head to toe. Yeah, like... he's been growing that thing for like a year though. So I guess that's been a lot of work. Um, that's maximum hair on his face. But yeah, I, I, again, like he's like he's become, and you know how uh, uh, Mets baseball culture is, man. They they love to like give people legend status. Um, like like for example, well they're gonna worship Bartolo Colon until the end of time. Mm-hmm. Right. as well they should by the as way. well they should but again if you go look at all the f- hilarious stuff that he did over the years here it's like he's just like they love him like he could do no wrong and Mazika very quickly turned into that like doesn't matter like yeah. he's going to be remembered for for how his career started no matter how good it goes from this point on which is awesome so you um you start you've got your own baseball channel on youtube which is awesome uh-huh. there's a ton of great content there but you started blogging uh-huh. So I suppose if you are a pitcher and your first name is Trevor in this sport, you best start blogging because it's yeah. a great way to to break down that wall between uh, athlete and and fans. So here's a little taste uh, for those of you that haven't seen it yet. I'm recording though. Are you recording? No, recording. What's up? What it do, guys? Marcus, how you doing? Soft tissue stage. Done. Now look who got. What's up, guys? I got the ass today. I got, got the ass. ass. We got our asses kicked yesterday, <laughs> even though we only lost two to one. But I'm gonna f- disintegrate some baseballs today. Sounds good, man. Uh, good thing we play every day forever, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. My favorite room in the entire stadium. The, oh, the best room. room ever. Get a massage chair. These are called anti-gravity chairs. Big awesome recliners. More of an anti anti-gravity guy. This is my spot. I don't know whose blanket this is, but uh, I figured out whose blanket that is. Miguel Castro's. All of this is me. So it's about an hour and a half before the game. I like to get about a half an hour of shut eye in. I'm driving now because I get car sick, and uh, she made me car sick earlier today. So you also hit the curb. 
Having I remember seeing that. Yeah. So she's not it allowed is, to drive anymore. It is a great 10 minutes. Uh, as of last check, about 130,000 views on that, which is a great number to start. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that's it. like some, that's some John boy shit right there. That's, that's some John boy stuff. That's right some there. Jimmy breakdown stuff. Um, yeah. What was the best part of that experience? Uh, one of the be- one of the pleasantly surprised. So I had a bunch of anxiety around like filming around yes. people, like just carrying a camera. You just feel like an idiot carrying a camera around, mm-hmm. especially when people don't know what it what it is. But guys embraced it, man. I uh, Pete like was could not wait to get in it. Uh, S- S- Stro obviously is like anything anyone wants to do outside the box, like by all means, uh, and uh, which I think is awesome. And so guys were just like trying to peek their heads in. The opposite of that was Grom. Grom was like, it was like trying to find Sasquatch to try to get him in the background. <laughs> I tried so many times and he just kept avoiding me. But fun fact, uh, vlog two is actually done and it's going to go out in the next, probably today. Um, and we got, we got Jake in it. We, we tricked him, which is pretty funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, one of the best, one of the biggest parts was how, how many guys embraced it um, and like participated. Because I, you can't say that like I, I, for everybody, because I, I just judge, I watched Bowers too at the beginning, like when he's first the Dodger. You're no, I'm noticing that guys and like staff are getting in it more and more and more the more he does it. But mm-hmm. the first couple, man, everyone was like he couldn't even he wasn't even near anybody. Like nobody else was in it anywhere. Yeah. Because obviously they're probably just like I don't know, you know what this going to do. But now I'm like thinking about like hey, you know can I can I just give Pete the camera and let him do one for a whole day? Um. There'd be a lot of swearing in that one, probably. We had to cut some stuff. He just kind of let it loose out of nowhere. I was like, Jesus, this is my YouTube channel, man. Come on. Uh, but yeah, everyone, everyone just kind of participating and, and getting on board was pretty cool. And then the second one, so many guys knew about it uh, that, um, yeah, this actually, but so many people were on the DL that they were like iffy about like being happy on the, right. they were not, not in good moods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the second one, we got, we got a lot of guys to kind of be in it uh tomas nito was had hit a big homer or something that night too so like he was all about being in it and it was pretty cool mm. so i'm getting like i'm getting guests and that's that's going to be a big driver for that well not only that you're going to get recurring characters yeah i mean that's what'll happen it's it's this is how movies are made bro yep. i was telling you it's gonna be good stuff it's a ton of fun uh so what did the wife think of you calling her out about hitting the curb and making you car sick because i imagine that didn't go over great no, she's 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 100 on board with it. She's actually taking a very uh, active role now in planning these things out. Um, she, I'm talking about the car stuff because there's oh, like my yeah. wife has treated our car like it's a, a a pinball, and so like I think she's like looking for stuff to run into now. She she was like, yeah, I shouldn't hit the curb. I'm sorry. I'm like, this thing turns on a pin, man. Come on, what are you? But the car sick thing, you can't avoid that with me. I make myself car sick. Like I get so car sick. I have horrible motion sickness. So that's not her fault. She she knows very well. Just don't ask me to go on a boat. Like every time she asks oh, me on a boat. Too. Yeah. No. I'm I'm out too. I won't do boats. Not enough drama me in the world. No. So wait, most people get car sick when they sit in the back seat. You get it in the front seat? It's wor- way worse than the back seat. Front seat still a little bit. I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta be driving. I have to, I drive everywhere. I even like, we, we did our honeymoon in uh, Tuscany and we're coming out of the mountains to go down to Rome driving. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just stopped the car and I was driving it several times because it was the windiest road I've ever seen. Oh God. Like switchbacks windy. Like, Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> She's like, I can't <laughs> believe you're sick when you're driving. I'm like, it's bad. We're in the hills of Italy. 
Did you hurl on the side of the road? No, I, I don't throw. I never get to that point. Hmm. I just I feel close and then it goes away. All right, let's talk about nap time because I found that fascinating that somebody can nap, you know, within 90 minutes of a game and still be ready to go. Is yeah. that a is that like a daily ritual? Is every, day. A, every day. Every day. Nelly Cruz, man. You wonder oh, he how he it. You wonder how that guy is as good as he is at night 41 is because he takes a nap every single day before BP. Every day. Or sorry, right after BP. Every day. I don't understand how you're able to relax your body well enough when you still have to perform your number one task at the highest level. I would say the quality of the nap isn't quite what it would be if you were at home and you didn't have like a time, like a game to get ready for or like like something that you was coming up pretty close. But so so there's days where it's just like it's just basically meditation, like you doze a little bit, but Mm. your heart rate drops enough to where you're actually recovering. But it is a good way to spark up some energy for a few hours. Like that's really take your energy levels to just woke up uh, for for three, two, three hours. And that's all you really need. Um, it helps you stay locked in and focused a little bit better for a couple more hours. So um, not only that, we're not going to go to bed after right after the game anyways. So like taking me taking a nap at six, like me going to bed at one in the morning, like normal um, is mm. fine. So like it doesn't really affect that. I stopped drinking caffeine after the nap. Um I, I don't eat a ton after the game anymore either to help me go back to sleep at night. So uh, all it's all built around that. But the nap has been my ability to focus and just like like I said, you have that mental energy to to focus on your your job. And if things aren't going well and maintain holding your focus there, it's really hard when you're tired, and it's easier when you have a little bit of brain energy. So I started figuring out ways to get more brain energy at later later in the evening, um, and uh, it's it's helped. I've been doing it since middle of probably two weeks into last season you do you have a nap partner like are you guys like okay it's nap time i go in later than a lot of people because i pitch at the end of the game so like i can get closer to the game a lot of guys are in there between five and six and i go in at six and go to six thirty. um but I'll, there's been times where i walked in at like five fifty, and every single one of those chairs was full i was like You're like i reserve that chair get out castro and familia have started napping they used to do it every once in a while just when they needed it, but now they do it pretty much every day. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know if I had anything to do with this. I've been saying the word nap a lot. Now, Gaselman started to nap a little bit. Um, and then Lindor, it's something he already did. But again, both of us have aura rings. Like, we were already kind of on the sleep is really important to both of us. Right. So we already talked a lot about it. So, um, but a lot of guys didn't know about the recovery room until I was like, hey, use this thing, man. You know, the the mean Mets fans would say that Lindor sleeps through the first six innings, uh-huh. too. Uh-huh. So don't don't let yourself, people say you. that. Yeah. Don't, well, they're going to do what they're going to do. I know. And I guess what? Mind. As soon as soon as he's he's just, you know, the second coming, they're going to be. Hey, I love him. So you don't have to tell me. I am Frankie's Francisco. I don't want him getting pissed at me. I am Francisco's biggest fan. Yeah. Thank you very much. And he knows that. Hey, if you're a dad like me, one thing you love to see your kids do is improve at something they're passionate about. So this Father's Day, go out and subscribe to winreality.com for your little softball player or baseball player in the household. What it allows the kid to do is work on swings around the house thanks to virtual reality. They can line up against some of the best in the bigs. I'm telling you, Aaron Judge does it. Pete Alonzo swears by it. So too does Cardinals first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. So what it helps you do is 
work on pitch recognition. If you're having trouble with a curveball or if you're having trouble in an 0-2 count, you can see hundreds, if not thousands of pitches and actually get better. And one of the cool things is you can hook up the Oculus to your TV so it's fun for the entire family. You can all watch and see how much your little Sparky has improved their swing and their pitch recognition over the years. And then you could throw this thing on and show everybody in the household how much you suck. Or maybe you could actually improve. So today, go to winreality.com in time for Father's Day. Use the keyword rose. First month will be free. I want to repeat that. The first month subscription will be free with the keyword rose at winreality.com. Step in and take your hacks today. Hey, everybody. I know Father's Day is right around the corner, and you're probably thinking, my dad has everything. What does he need? He needs something from Dugout Mug. So go out and get it right now. You got the Dugout Mug. You can get it engraved with whatever you want. My kids, they already got a freebie here because it already says Chris Rose here. You got the wind up as well. You got the season opener for uh, Pop's favorite drink. And then you got the knob shots as well. Look at how cute that is. And oh, how much fun it is. So you go to dugoutmugs.com. Use the keyword rotation. That is rotation. And you'll get 35% off your order if you're one of the first 500 people. But if you're some of the next 500, don't worry. You'll get 30% off. The next 500 after that, get 25% off and so on and so on. I am here to save you money and get your father a great, great gift as well. So once again, that is dugoutmugs.com. Use the keyword rotation to save some cash. And then Pops will be drinking his favorite beverage. That's good. Want to talk about something else great out of your bullpen. Tommy Hunter, who has pitched nearly 15 years in this league. Finally finally got a base knock and so not only did he get it you could see the excitement on his face when he was out there Robbie's going to pull up the video here in a second here we go it's in one of the many places that he's pitched but and it was a pull shot too which I know yeah. is huge for you pitchers but watch his reaction look at the look at the guys all yes yeah we know get the baseball we get it he is so excited and then I want you to listen to him after the game it was the the best interview we've had in baseball afterward. Tommy, are you going to lobby to try and get back in the lineup tomorrow? Hey, no, oh, no. Highlight, hands down, best thing. I've, I mean, I don't know. I was talking. I, was, I have no idea. I jumped on first like a little leaguer. Man, I it was it was crazy. That's the coolest thing I've ever done in the big leagues. I mean, uh, I got a knock in the show. <laughs> he might he might have had a silver bullet or two too uh he he he's been been known to wind down uh after that but it's funny he'll, he'll look at you and be like oh i gotta talk to the media don't i'm like yes he's like oh all right tommy you're already excited as usual uh so it's it's oh, he's just he is the energy that guy has is i don't know where it comes from he's crazy he's crazy he says he doesn't remember anything that happened once he got on first he was talking to Freddie the whole time. No clue what he was saying. He was just saying stuff back. And then he ran and he was like narrating scoring on the homer, like as if it were a triple. He was like yelling. <laughs> like you can see him yelling, talking to himself as he's running. And he's like sprinting around the bases after the homer. And uh, yeah, you can see it. Like they're all waving him because they can see him. He's, he's like yelling. <laughs> and then he's gassed at home. So he high fives VR. 
FDR runs by him and goes into the dugout. He's got his helmet under his arm and just like gas walking slowly in. But I'm just, I'm blown away. He remembered to like wait, like right here, he takes his helmet off and then he walks. Yeah. It's, oh, guys, so funny. I was like, I was inside. I was like, there's no way that just happened. What is this team that I'm on? What is like, what the things that are happening to us are insane. Uh, and then, you know, I think, I believe he, uh, he had an old man back spasm like two days later he's like i got out of bed and i couldn't get to the bathroom <laughs> what is happening what is going on didn't there was no picking up kids there was no taking off your shoes there's no jeremy affeld situation it was like he just like rolled out of bed to go to the bathroom and was like oh and then it just went down cockroach hey i, I, I shouldn't be laughing <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guy that survived back surgery so i i feel his pain yeah but it was such a beautiful moment man it so was. now I think your your hitting ledger says O oh, for three, three strikeouts, uh, and you're you're a setup guy. Like, how are we ever going to get you back to the dish? I'm cool with it. You, what do you just, mean? Go look up. I don't know if you can find it at some point, but go look up my bat against John Lackey, my first ever bat. I I must have had eight foul balls. He was furious, by the way. That guy is not. <laughs> he was not. He was not shy about letting you know how he felt. And he was just like, he kept throwing fastball, fastball, because he knew I had no at-bats. And I just kept fouling him into their dugout. And he's like, dude, swing and me-. He was like, he was MFing himself and MFing me and walking around. Uh, and then he finally threw a curveball right in the middle. I swung at it like I'd never seen a curveball in my life. And uh, that was looped on the on the old TVs at, at our home clubhouse when we got home from that trip. Uh, but yeah, my <laughs> strikeouts were not. Johnny Cueto, 02, front door covered me once. And I was like, I looked at him like, come on. <laughs> Uh, but Lackey came up against me and just absolutely swung out of his shoes and then stared at me first pitch, which is so funny. I'll never forget it. That's great. That's good stuff. Were you ever a decent hitter in high school? Uh, up until I, I was a pitcher only my senior in high school because we knew that oh. I was, yeah, because I was, well, not only that we had a division one, I was a third baseman and our, our, our third baseman was like a division one player. And they're like, you can uh, play the outfield. And I'm like, I just don't care. And not only that, I was, I was uh, committed to the University of Washington to be a pitcher only at that. Like, I had already made that decision. So, like, it just, like, you don't have to do batting practice and you don't have to do anything outside of just practice pitching. So, I was like, well, okay, this is great. I'll do my homework. So, I sat in the cage and did my homework sometimes. True or false, you were the high school valedictorian. Yes, sir. True. How are we just getting to this? I don't know how you didn't know that. It comes up a lot. <laughs> yes, I was the valedictorian of Kelso High School in 2008. How big was your class? 400 and... What? 10? 410 that's, people? That's legit. I thought you were going to be like Travis Hafner, class of six. Yeah, we had... I believe we had... Because in, in where I grew up, before, we didn't have like weighted courses. So we had 4.0 was the best uh -huh. you could get. Um, and so there was nothing like... Difficulty of classes mattered. Uh, and I believe we, we, it was me and uh, another person were four O the only two four O's. And then we had like 12 salutatorians, like 12 with three nine nines people. So I don't you, know. So you shared the valedictorian status. I, if I, if I, if I remember, and it was, a, it was a, it was a girl who was actually a year younger. She skipped a grade and she ended up oh. going to Yale. So she's, oh. I'm sure she's solving the world's problems right now. Right. It'd be, it'd be worth looking up, but, uh, um, yeah, she was much, she's much naturally smarter than me. I just was a, I think I just had horrible anxiety of just not getting A's. 
So I just so, did everything in my power to get him. <laughs> what would you? What do you think you would have done if you hadn't been able to throw a, a ball ninety seven? I was gonna go. I was gonna pursue architecture in at Washington, but I think I would have probably given that up um, quickly, just because the the path to like making that a career is so hard and competitive and which would have been fine i think i would have been fine but uh it's just like the ceiling isn't isn't high uh so i probably would have gotten into either like something computer science based Mm -hmm. um and then entrepreneurship based on that based on where what i like now i was gonna say kind of like where you are yeah i got it that's cool that's cool uh what is not cool is what happened with one of your 16 injured players and mm-hmm. Kevin Pilar. Yeah. Um, before we hear from him, where were, were you in the bullpen when he got hit? Uh, yes. Yes. We were, I was in the bullpen out there and we were like, Oh, I, we hope that didn't hit him, you know, square. And then it showed when he got up and like zoomed in, there was like a pool of blood. I'm like, yeah, that definitely hit him in the nose. Cause only, only the nose would produce that much blood on your face. 100%. What a champion, this guy. Well, for people that haven't heard the, the soundbite afterward, this guy should win the Baseball Humanitarian of the Year Award based on just this response. This is the next day he shows up looking like he had been in a car accident, and he is talking about the guy who threw the baseball, Jacob Webb. I know in this scenario, I can't speak about all his scenarios, but I know this guy didn't want to hit me. I know he didn't want to hit me in the face. Uh, the bases were loaded and it was a one nothing game and accidents do happen. So, uh, you know, in that regard, there's, you know, I know he feels bad. I know me and him have talked last night today and uh, I'm almost worried about him than I am myself because I know I saw his reaction and I know how tough that could be on someone who feels, uh, you know, responsible for someone getting injured. Yeah, I, I, Webb looked, I remember seeing too. I'm like, he looks more shook up, shook up than, and he's not only that, he need to factor in, he's a young guy trying to stay on the team. Mm-hmm. And his, I don't think he's been throwing overly well either. So it's, you just compare, I know that's not consciously in his mind, but you know, there's an extra pressure added. And then you throw something on top, like, like, this is just another, like, really hard thing to deal with on top of that. So all of those emotions could go together. And I, I he'd look like I'm, uh, I, I saw the manager over there, like with him after he got pulled, he stayed there for a bit and was talking to him, but knowing KP, he's, he knows like, not only that, once he found out that like, yeah, I have my nose broken and, but they're going to set it, then it's just going to heal. And I'm going to have like a little bit of a crooked nose, but like, that's, you know, he, he's not, he's like, dude, that's pretty cool. Like I, I'm okay. Like it looks really bad, but that's what this looks like. But I really, it's just like I got punched square in the middle of the face. Like, like other than that, like there's no teeth missing. There's no, like, there's nothing long-term that's going to be really bad. I mean, he's, he's under, he still thinks he's going to come off the deal in like two days. So uh, uh, we'll see. I mean, he's, he's doing stuff. He's swinging bad already and all that kind of stuff. He's still all swollen up. Um, but uh, that for him to do that was not surprising when one bit, knowing him, him as a person, his, his character. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's pretty pretty awesome, and it's a testament. Again, he's a big reason that our culture is the way it is in our clubhouse too. He's been a he's been a leader. So, I want to flip it on Jacob Webb's side because since then he has been sent down. Um, 
that's something that could really fuck you up for your career. I imagine yeah. if you're a pitcher, I mean, have you ever hit somebody in the head face? Middle of the back, like really high up. I've gotten thrown over, uh, up, a, like by a fit, by a head a couple of times, not like super close, but like to where I was like, Oh, ah, like, and, and yeah. Um, you know, the, if there's, if there's any catalyst catalyst for yips coming, like that could be one of the major ones. Um, but hopefully KP said, Hey man, like, there's no harm to like literally in two weeks like we could i'm going to be playing again and it's going to be a, not as if nothing happened but like really at that point it'd be no harm like we'll just be past it um and if you if you try to take it that way and and just think about it like hey man you let stuff sail and, and you throw a hard ball like I, it could hit soft places it just can it's just it's just a possibility um and and one of the things you're learning to do is is to throw the ball where you want to throw it so um, I really hope that that's, that's kind of the, the path that he's on, that, that it doesn't cause any issues moving forward. No. And I, and I hope people are checking in on him. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I think the pandemic has allowed us to be, <clears throat> pardon me, is a more empathetic, compassionate society. And like, I hope people are in the Braves organization and excuse me, they're a very good organization. I hope they have people checking in on him yeah. and making sure he's okay, because Absolutely. that's something that, that can sit with you, I imagine. So I'm rooting for him to come back here and have a successful career and get past that. Absolutely. There have been guys who haven't. So that's where we are. Um, let's have a little more fun. I want to take you back down to your Marlins series. Okay. You were the one who set me straight when I said, hey, listen, I get nervous when one of my guys comes in the game just naturally. Like you, I have six more kids and you were like, you're never going to get past that. He goes. And then there was that time where Miggy faced me and I got him to ground out to second and it, inevitably it's going to happen again. And here's, here's what happened again. That's hard out of the middle. Here's the hole at bat though. I mean, so. how does he take that slider? For real. What were you mad at him for taking it? Yeah, it was such a good slider. I threw him a change up that I think he just didn't. It was one of those situations where I was like, oh, that's a good take. But in reality, I think he didn't see what it was. It was like, ah, it just happened to be a ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good piece of hitting. The guy's good, man. Yeah, he, he is good. Now, One he's thing injured. I will say, and this is un, un, unrelated, I feel like I kept him on first really well, though. Because he, I know he wants to steal. Everyone, like That whole team wants to steal. <laughs> uh, and my goal was to be like, all right, but you're going to stand on first. You're not stealing second on me, even though because I'm a big slow. Like, I'm not fast to the plate. But I'm going to mix up these holds and these leg kicks and all this stuff because mm -hmm. that's all that's it. That's all I got in my toolbox. So that was that was. See, this is this is kind of the the chess match you have in your brain, right? You got to okay. I gave it the hit and I missed when I was ahead there, but I can do this good now. So I'm trying to hold on to that as as opposed to giving up the hit. Was there any once again rose rotation, head nod, eye contact, anything? Not yet. Not yet, but I did think immediately that this was going to go on the old socials. So it was like, great. It was there. Great. Well, you had a very successful trip uh, through the state of Florida as far as the Rose rotation goes. You got to hang out with, with Miggy Rojas, you know, yeah. there. You guys were on the same field. And then Tyler Glass now actually turned in his first homework assignment courtesy of you. Did, how, did, how did this happen? He just uh, hit me on, D, uh, on a DM and on, on Instagram. I was like, hey, I have my my homework uh do you want to i was like yeah i'm gonna throw it this time you want to be out there and i was coming into the dugout and he was out there behind the plate um and also uh, uh all of a drake 
was out there too and i played with him too so like i said hi to him he actually took the picture of us so uh uh and then uh but that's the first time i talked to glass man i honestly we sh- like we were just I'm, the things he was asking me about he's like hey bro the napping what's that like he was asking me about all this like all the things we we do to like feel good and and get better at pitching you know and i keep forgetting how much younger he is than me like he, he really is four years younger like he's mm-hmm. not uh because he's been around for a while but he got up when he was young young so i'm just like man we got to do a we got to do an episode of we're both hosts we got to do one together i think i think, I think that's something we should do uh um, yes. just 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 like shoot the shit because i was like bro i could talk talk to you about pitching all day man um by the way he's a big motherfucker isn't he he's tall I'm not usually, I still outweigh him. I, I outweigh everybody I take pictures with, but yeah, he's, he's got two inches on me at least. He's six, seven, six, eight. I know it's crazy because yeah. you, you're a large human being. Look how much longer his torso is than mine. So that's like, our legs are almost the same length, but, but our torsos are way different. Yeah. And his hair is, yeah, how's it hair. smell? Does his hair smell like great? I didn't smell his hair. I thought maybe it was just close enough to your nose where you could be like, didn't didn't do that. Don't, don't make that my homework assignment, please. (laughs) I'll pass. (laughs) I'll pass. It is amazing. Every time we put him on the TV screen, my wife, because his hair is just unreal. It is. The long hair is the thing in the MLB right now. Yeah. He's got it rocking. He's got it rocking. All right. Uh, big stuff that happened last week in, uh, in Chicago with, with the Cardinals, Giovanni Gallegos coming into the game as a reliever. The second base umpire spots something on the bill of his cap, goes over awesome. to his crew chief, Joe West, and says, hey, listen, just change your hat. I don't want you to throw a pitch with that thing on there, and then somebody asks us to check your hat or whatever. Just change your hat. And Mike Schilt lost his shit, uh-huh. got ejected, and then afterward gave us a 10-minute press conference talking about pitchers using foreign substances and here's just a snippet of what he said major league baseball has got a very 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 tough position here because there are people that are effectively and not even trying to hide essentially flipping the bird at the league with how they're cheating in this game with concocted substances there are players that have been monetized for it there are players that are obviously doing it, going to their glove. There's clear video of it. You can tell the pitchers that are doing it because they don't want to go to their, their mouth, which Geo does off the rubber. And understandably, and I know f- comfortably, Major League Baseball is, is trying their best to do it in a manner that doesn't create any black eye for the integrity of the game that we love. Yeah, I think uh, before I get into what he's talking about, is there anyone better at holding a pen and talking like this <laughs> than Mike? Schilt? Mike Schilt has a pen in his between his <laughs> these all the time in the dugout. It's like he's on Weekend Update. He's keeping notes. <laughs> so he did it. He's doing it, and it's like he wants to. He's like, okay, I got to organize this. How I'm going to do this? I'm going to go on a on a on a monologue here. So I need to make sure. Yeah, uh, it could be like an action figure, by the way, where you snap things in and they just hold in place. Yeah, you might just have a, a snap hold. Maybe that's what's happening. Uh, he, he's got to be the best at that. Um, but in terms of what he's saying, this has been I'm hearing this left, right. I'm hearing it all over the place. 
there's that there's guys that are like engineering their spin rates in a in a in a in a cage in the offseason using tons of different sick stuff. I'm sure that does exist. I bet you it's a much smaller number of people than people think. People think it's 50% of the league, but in reality it's probably like 10 guys total. But it is becoming more and more prevalent that 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 the less that stuff's policed, the more more chances guys are going to take on on like literally he says concocting, literally concocting like Heisenberg style like putting anything that has any sort of adhesive qualities into a pot, melting it, and then mixing it together, and then using putting that on your hands and seeing. Like, does that exist? Yes, of course it has. How long has it existed? Literally forever. So, uh, uh, but now that we can we can gauge with technology what that stuff does, like empirically to like the physics of the ball, guys are more likely to try it because that is what's how you're determining value of players especially when they're young and they want to get a chance at the big leagues quote, quote unquote getting heavy sinkers or heavy ride carry fastballs you can increase that stuff and make it better before you get to the big leagues you might get a chance that you wouldn't have gotten before um so i under completely understand you know his frustration with that especially because he's protecting his guy he's like he's like uh uh, uh giovanni is not the guy to go after for this basically that's that's where that came from right mm -hmm. well here's my point I wish Major League Baseball would have come out with a statement within 24 hours. Of course, yeah. they didn't because they dragged their feet on virtually everything. They should have come out with a statement and said, hey, listen, this is something we're looking at or we're collecting. It's the reason we're collecting baseballs this year. We, we want to clean it up. We want to take a proactive stance in it. We're not doing nothing because when you say nothing, you give off the impression that you're doing nothing. Yeah. And it, yeah. they're making it seem like they don't give a shit what you guys do I mean, you guys i'm saying pitchers yeah that's what it that's the impression it gives to fans is that yeah so so think about it this way um chewing tobacco remember a bunch of cities bandit yep. um and it's it's definitely like guys are like like we're not just gonna not chew we're just gonna be secretive more secret like more not as blatant in your face with it it's a, one of those situations because it's it's something that until someone said this the term and i believe it was t bauer i believe he said these words i believe this is the the, the phrase everyone's catching on to that that sticky stuff is a bigger problem than steroids give me a break first of all just come on like come on like think about how good you felt every day on set. come on like that's not not even remotely close like it doesn't matter how much sticky stuff your arm hurts you're, just, you're not gonna pitch well so <laughs> just come on uh uh, it's completely different apples and oranges but and so there's a lot of like pundits saying that over and over again i'm hearing steroids and sticky stuff and, and it's just not it's just not that's not the way it is it just isn't but it, it could very easily become that so i think that's the issue i think the okay, issue but is can it turn can it turn a guy who's a good pitcher into a guy who's elite it depends on the guy it really does. It's not universal. And I, and I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly because um, there's so many things that affect your ability to manipulate the ball based on how you throw it. Um, and and the, it's, not, it's not like a, hey, put this on your hand and you'll just become the greatest pitcher ever. But guys who are already very talented and are, are, already can spin the ball really well, but like they naturally can't get it quite to that that uber elite level that are doing it. That's that's something that's like you're going from very good to incredible 
Like that's the issue, right? Is that's that cheating? Thing. At that point, technically, there's a rule against putting foreign substance on your hands, so it's cheating. Like you got to say that it is. But the, there are degrees. I always just I'm so big on context. I'm trying to. Uh, there's 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 baseball tends to put blanket absolutist statements on yes. on on situations. Well, obviously, because there's lots of people, guys that play it, right? And I try to not buy into that ever because it's so important to understand context. But yes, by all by all standards, if there's a rule and it's deliberately being broken, it it is it can be considered cheating. At so, what degree is is going to be wildly thrown in every direction? Okay, I love this sport much like you do. I, I want to see it get better. I don't. I don't even know if the fans give as much of a shit of it as maybe some of the players and people who cover the sport for a living. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know where it resonates among fans. But where does this end? Does it end in the offseason with a negotiation? Maybe. I, uh, you know, I, 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 think that, I think that standardization is just a huge thing about it. You got to remember, MLB takes, takes we're, very, we're a very reactive sport. We're very, very rarely proactive on things. Mm -hmm. It's just not the way that we handle things on both the player side and the MLB side. And so ever since the, the Astros thing, I'm going to be honest, there's been a very, very like sensationalist drive by people in media adding COVID, not being able to be in clubhouses and have that access, like finding the, finding some things that are like, Oh, this is a big issue. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, and I get it. I totally understand it. It's, it's going to happen. It's just natural how that happens. So this kind of, it became a PR thing. And then MLB is like, oh, this is a PR thing more than it is maybe affecting the game as much as people think it is. It's being overblown a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but it's still a PR issue. We can't just, we need to deal with it from, a, from that standpoint. So I think standardization is probably the best. Bas basically, like, just like we have a rasin bag behind, that's our standard for like drying your hands. Rosin is the way you dry your hands. You don't use dry hand stuff. You use rosin mm -hmm. there need there could be a standardization for not even sticky stuff like priming your hand to where you have some sort of tack in your hand so like you're not just like one day you're super clammy one day your hands are super dry one day one day the ball's super dry because you're in arizona and you're not in colorado or colorado all super that's not a good example or as opposed to atlanta those are mm -hmm. the balls just feel different like because of the weather it's just the amount of moisture in the air so guys most guys are like i want my hand at least to feel the same when i go into games in those two places so that i can feel like i can do the thing i need to do and throw the ball where i need to throw it and it can compete it gives me a sense of comfort just like hitters get pine tar and some guys are pine tar to hell and sometimes have a little bit because it gives them a comfort level on how they can grip their bat and move it and manipulate the bat in order to hit the ball the way they want to hit the ball and react to the ball the way they want to hit it so that premise is most guys that anyone who uses anything like sunscreen or rosin they just happen to put it on top of each other and those two things together can get tacky at times yeah. though it's okay. immediately gone as soon as like literally if you touch it and 10 seconds later if you didn't move it'd be gone so it's like the most brutal like it's not a very good solution but yeah. those are two things that are legal and that could be the standard so i think okay. finding a standard is is is, is the next step probably i think we need like when you go to a yogurt shop and at the end of putting all your toppings on you have your choice of hot fudge or caramel and uh, you know and you can hit the little things it's not covid safe these days but you can hit the little dispensers i think we got to put a dispensing machine behind the pitching mound so if you really want to load up the ball you know you get the cement mix 
If you just want to do a little, uh, you know, sunblock and, and rosin, you got that. And the next or they have a thing, they have a thing that says you can't put anything on your or you, you there's like one spot in your glove that's that's legal mm -hmm. to have it. So like it's so small that there's only a certain amount that could be there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there'd be gray area and guys can check it if they want. But at least everyone would be like, OK, we're acknowledging that there is something in somewhere, some area. So when you're touching that, everyone's like, OK, it's not cheating anymore. It's just and, but, and then it's a certain type of thing you can use that's like very low use or whatever. And that way, guys can use it. They cannot use it. If it doesn't help you. Don't use it. Like, right. Uh, Let's move on to another sticky situation with your old team, the Minnesota Twins. And we had the whole Yerman Mercedes thing. I've talked the LaRusso side to death. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about it from Tyler Duffy's standpoint, whom you know. Mm -hmm. We have good information. He did not want to throw behind Yermin Mercedes. Did not. And somehow, he got stuck with that job. How does this go down? And I know you can't speak on it because you're not on that team anymore. How does stuff like this get handled in a bullpen? It's so interesting. Um, I'm, I'm debating whether or not I should tell this story. F it. Um, there has been a point in my life where I ran out and the catcher just said, Hey, you know, there's the signs. And also we're doing this. I was like, what? Like I just had to deal with it. Like being out there. That was one way that that's happened to me at some point. Um, and you have to make the decision if you're going to like do it or not. Um, and what uh, was your decision? Do it. Because your manager told you to, basically. Um, and, but even though they didn't physically tell you, um, that was more old school. Obviously, that was that was actually years and years and years ago. Honestly, almost Trevor, that's fucked up though. Putting a young guy in that situation. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And to be honest, there was there was there was older guys who I'd seen who'd been put in that situation um, before who just who just didn't. They just walked them, or they tried once, they missed, or they didn't get it like behind, and then they just pitched to them after that. Like they gave themselves one chance. They weren't, the heart wasn't in it. They threw it over the plate and they were just like, okay, that was it. That's all I'm doing. And we had seen that happen a lot. Um, and there's a weird effect that there's a weird effect that it has for lighting a fire. Obviously that is not an excuse, right? Lighting a fire under your team, showing someone that you're like, Hey, I, 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 I have everyone here is back. The team was not playing well. I'm trying to think from being on that team, knowing all those guys and like how the clubhouse works, um, the type of reaction they had post. Like when that happened, I basically, I saw a stat. Wasn't that the first, it was like the first 3-0 pitch swung at plus 10 in 20 years. Yeah, there was some debate. It might've been the first, might've been the third. The point is it doesn't happen weekly. It doesn't happen very often. Um, and there is a certain level of policing that happens in our game. And I understand, I understand throwing at a guy is not the best way to do any of this stuff um, ever. Right. The we're, we are, we're to the point where like oh, that in the eighties guys were smoking heaters in the club or in the dugout. Right. <laughs> you know, you, they handled stuff differently. And I was that's toughness when in reality, it's not straight up toughness, man. It's just some, a lot of times it's just stupid. Like it was just dumb. You didn't need to handle things like that. And we've we've evolved past being able to handle things like that. Um, but the the way that our game, like rules that are written in a book, aren't the only way that we we manage how our culture of our game is because of the nature of it. 
It's super, super long. The season's insanely long. The way that you find, like I'm talking about energy levels earlier, the way that you find energy and like get yourself back in like, like, like competitive mode, it comes from crazy places sometimes. And sometimes that's a way, something that gets like a guy who's kind of like dejected and like, you guys like, Jesus, we are not playing well. And then suddenly you're like, wait, we're back in this. And we've, we take exception to being role, like being kind of shit on. And that's kind of what it was. They got their ass kicked that day. They've been getting their ass kicked all season and they're getting beat by a team that the last couple of years they've been battling with. And every game was game seven. And now they're just getting their ass kicked and they hit the, and half like 70% of the team still the same team. And they're like, what's going on? So it became like a guys, we should still be beating this team regularly. We're still that team. We're still good enough to beat them. So obviously the means to get there isn't the right way, but that's the value that it, that it serves for like, for say the twins. But at the same time, if you're, it works the same way for Chicago. Did you end up hitting that guy? I think so. How hard is it to throw Very at hard. somebody when your heart is extremely is- hard? And it, it, you do not only that, like you're just like, okay, if I were hitting, where's my media spot? So just, butt, just hit him right in the butt cheek. Like if I got hit in the butt, I'd be like, that hurts, but I'm like, I'm not, I can run still. Don't hit him in the knee. Don't hit him in the ankle. No joints. No net. Obviously not up. Right. And if you're going to miss, just miss way behind him. Like, that's kind of like, just, you're going to miss, just really miss, just miss. Let them know what you're like. Obviously everyone knows, but you missed and no one's hurt. And so like, yes, you're probably screwed at that point, but like, at least the message was sent without hitting anybody. Like, that's the kind of thing you're like, the way I think about pitching too, I'm like, I'm going to throw a pitch. I want to miss. I don't want to get, I don't want to do that. Da- I don't want damage to be done to the ball. So pitch. Uh-huh. So I'm going to like miss in a spot that I want to miss. Same thing. Um, but it's not, nothing you ever prepare for. It's not something like we, I think we've established what type of guy I am. I'm not mm-hmm. really, uh, I'm just not, I'm not a super like, everything's a slight, like aggressive guy. I'm not, I'm not. Um, and uh yeah i'm just trying to give a little bit more context into how these things happen i think that uh i think there's just more i think there's just more going on than like guy guy just deciding they don't like somebody and then about like that's just not that's just never there's a few times that happens where guys just like i don't like this guy i'm I'm hitting him like sometimes guys do that that's happened i know that Uh has happened fairly recently um some guys have done that but every situation i've ever seen where i was at a game or it was my team or, or vice versa i know I've never seen a pitcher like, come on. Like, they're always like, let's just get this over with, man. Like, let's get past it. Like, I don't hate you as a person. You don't, I hope you don't hate me. Um, and, and, you know, we got to handle this the way that we're supposed to handle this because it's how the game's played, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and then, and I know Tyler too. He's not, he, he shows lots of emotion on the mound, but he's not like a, you, me, like that's not the way he is either. Um, and I know that he probably wasn't too happy about it either. I'm sure he wasn't. And I'm sure he wasn't happy giving back 40 grand or whatever he had to give. Back. Definitely not happy about that. That would suck. But, yep. Hope they got their point proven. Hmm. Spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. We have a bunch of new uh, topics since we last saw you. So here we go. Paper trail. Uh, so what was the 
first major purchase that you made after you got some dough? I love this. I love this question so much. Uh, I always recommend kids do this or young guys do this. I bought turntables. I bought some Pioneer CDJ 2000 Nexuses and a DJM 900 mixer. Those were the things I bought. Um, comes out to about $6,000 and I believe they're still about six grand now. And this was like 2014. So uh, they hold their value you know really well. It was an investment. You know what? We landed on that last time. You, did we? You loved it so much because you told me that. <laughs> I don't know if we did it here. I you think I just play, said it. You get to play. The, oh, this will be good for you. Hot friend. Okay. What do you think that is, by the way? Which one of my teammates is the most attractive? How do you t how do you take your coffee? Black. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I thought for sure being a Pacific Northwester, you would have been all over a half calf decaf mocha latte with a twist or something. Yeah, no sugar. I I'm I'm out of sugar right now. Black coffee. Sorry. And how much do you load up on game day? Uh, I have one cup in the morning now, um, and then maybe one at the uh, one at the field or like a cold brew. I'm a big cold brew guy. We got mm. chameleon, those chameleon cold brew. I don't know if you've had that, but it's a con concentrate coffee. Mm. Uh, you can get it at the grocery store and like pour like four ounces in with ice. And it's like, um, we have that same brand um, at the field, but I do have, I have my own roast of coffee that I also turned into cold brew. What? It's called King's Coast Mayday Roast. And it's very, 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 very good. Um, I should probably send you a bag. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, if you're let's a big coffee guy, but it, it is, it is really, really good as cold brew. So if you make your own cold brew, it's a good one. I'm in. I'm in. And we also, Brandon Nemo is my most attractive teammate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Max Kepler of the Minnesota, or sorry, of the New York Mets. Oh, Kepler. For sure. Oh, yeah. Cap would definitely. Oh, there there. we go. There's your there's your Trevor. That's right. I forgot about that. I've seen this all over the place. Yeah. It's good. Right. How cool is that packaging, man? They crushed it. They really did. Really, really great company. They're on Long Island, too. They do. They do. It's just everything's made in-house, fresh. I almost expect it to come with a Trevor May bobblehead. It's a, such a yeah. That doesn't package. exist yet. <sighs> hey, there's always the possibility. Speaking of the turntables, I know that was your your homework assignment, and we'll push it to the next time. Have you used the turntables in the clubhouse yet? So here's the biggest issue, and here's the thing: I keep for, I forgot about being a DJ. Having a library of music is so important, and nobody has raw files for music anymore. Like no one has the actual MP3s. Like those don't exist. No one has iPods. Everyone's just Spotify or Apple Music and they just stream. So I'm like, oh crap, how am I gonna get music? So I've been like slow. I've been like downloading like 10 songs a day, just trying to get a library up to where I could go vibe for a couple hours. And uh I'm I'm actually I have a I have an old um disc or an old external hard drive. I don't know where it is. I think it's at home, but it's just full of music. So I've been like asking all my friends online, I'm like, hey, bro, do you have music like just sitting around? Do you have like your old 500 song? I don't care what it is. Country. I need everything. Just anything that's remotely close. Because yeah. um, I have an, a DJ app. Then you put it in and analyze all the music. Gives you all like the key and everything. Because um, you're ready to go, dude. I'm ready to go. Everything's ready. Like the, I have the laptop sitting. I don't even bring it home anymore. It just sits there ready to go. So I just, but I only have like 70 songs total. So I'm like, I oh, need, no. a, I need, I need like a thousand song library. I was going to say, you need at least 500. So we can, so we can keep the, keep the vi uh, vibe up and change it based on what guys want. So, um, but we're very, very close and we'll get, I'll have guys take, we'll probably be in the next vlog. 
like a full yeah. uh, me just like in front of the clubhouse, like as everyone's just getting ready for the game, like the week, like go nap, come in at six thirty, and just play until seven, just get guys ready, build up the hype, like start with country and just get up, just crazy. Now, have you electronic. thought about this? Have, will you take requests, or is that just too oh yeah dangerous? You will. Yeah, I'll take requests. Like that's the biggest thing. Well, why would I play a bunch of stuff guys have never heard of or don't want to hear? Like that's well, then, the point. then it gets become a little bit of a headache. This guy wants that. This guy, and then you're then. That oh guy yeah, I'll hundred percent ignore some guys. Okay. <laughs> like like Frankie Frankie Lindor, um, Francisco. Uh, sorry. Hey, I'm his teammate. I can call him Frankie. Frankie, uh, uh, uh Sugar, and and I'm gonna be honest. We got a lot of we got a lot of guys with Puerto Rican heritage, and they love Bad Bunny. Oh my God. Oh, they, yeah. on the plane the other day we listened to like a bad bunny concert it was like his songs over just him one guy i'm like i don't think i've ever just put one guy on <laughs> ever uh so by the way like, how's that get done on a plane oh everyone's got portal speakers i think at this point oh, okay it's gonna so i'm in the back in between the two groups so we got stro and ty a little bit ahead of me and then uh, uh frankie and sugar in the back so this is Latin music in the back, and then in the front, it's more like there's some there's some hip hop, there's some there's some other this is more variety, but I'm between two speakers. And it's like 10, 10 rows. So I'm like, I can hear both songs just as loud as each other. And I have my noise cancel headphones and what I want to listen to. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a bow speaker. I'm just gonna play podcasts. <laughs> just guys talking in between them. Like, guys, you wanna listen to what I'm listening to? Let's just listen to this podcast by Jason Bateman. How's that sound? Oh my God. God. Is he, is he talking about the, the next season of Ozark? No, I don't know if you've, I, I, I don't know if this is going to be a, a, a weird non ad plug, but I just started listening to him. Will Arnett. Um, Oh, Sean, so uh, like it's called smart list. It's hilarious. It's a, yeah. it is so, it's so funny. Cause those guys, I've never like, have, have you seen a Will Arnett movie or anything where he, he's remotely serious? Like not just one. not a big meathead, just dummy. Right. Like that's the character he plays. So when yeah. he asks like cerebral questions, I can't help but think he's being facetious. Right. Like he's got to be making fun of them or something. But he's not. He's like genuinely interested, which is okay. hilarious. And Jason Bateman is his character. Like he that's who he like that's who he is. That's how he that's cadence of the cadence of his voice. That's how he talks. That's that's everything. They're all the same guys. And and they bring on like comedians and like they had Zach Galifianakis and Tina Fey. So and, different in Ozark than in anything he's ever done. But even he then, is. he has those those moments that they're not funny. He does, but they're they could be funny. They could be funny, but the way he reacts to certain situations, like yeah, what do you like? What do you want me to do? Like that kind of thing. Like it's pretty funny. I know, I know. He's the most calm guy that's in the most fucked up situation I've ever seen. Yes, I don't know how. What, a, what a show! I can't wait till the next season. When's that supposed to come out? By the way, do we know? Probably in fall would be my guess, or later. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, what are you what are you watching these days? On what am I watching? Um, I just watched something called Jupiter's Legacy, which was like a superhero show mm-hmm. um, on Netflix, which is really interesting. Um, and then I watched another superhero show <laughs> called The Nevers on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, it's like uh, um, Victorian England. People got powers and then now they're trying to navigate through their lives and discrimination and, you know, X-Men type style, um, right. which is interesting. Uh what else? What else did I watch? Um, I watched anything the friend, HBO Max. I watched the Friends reunion. I watched one segment. I watched Lady Gaga sing Smelly Cat, which was awesome. You, you, that was the only thing you could get through? That's, that's all I watched. 
Yeah. See, that was right in my wheelhouse. I mean, that's I am their age, so yeah. I had to watch it, and it was yeah. good. It was cute. Good. It was cute. Plus, I always had a thing for Aniston. Who did my wife have was like, a thing yeah, for Aniston? If you, ever, if you ever see her, go for it. I'm sure she'll right away welcome you in. <laughs> She's great in horrible losses. What are you talking about? Yes, it's true. I think it all came back, flooded back then, right? Yeah. And I have to tell you that Lisa Kudrow was great in Friends. She even did her character. One thing they did, I thought that was kind of cute in the reunion was they did the table reads of some famous scenes and they intermixed the, it with the actual scenes and them doing the table reads. And she was killing it on the table reads. She totally did her Phoebe character. And it was really, really good. It was excellent. Was it, you should watch a few more segments. Let Maybe me I'll watch it. Did you watch Friends? You probably didn't. Oh, I've seen every episode of Friends. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, my sister, my sister is 42 now. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, we, so the, like the my, one that, the I one that Ben older. Davis. Like, I watch, yes. I watch, like, I watched Thundercats growing up. Like, that's, yeah, that's older than me. Right. Um, but, I, you know, I watched, like, the old, old cartoons because Got they it. were all older than me. Got it. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you making some time today. And I'm, I'm happy you got through the sniffles here, which is good. Take care of yourself. Hydrate. Well, Go get a nap in. Well, you don't have to threaten me with a good time. I will. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next vlog. I will be one of the first uh, 10,000 to watch it. It's going to be very good. I, I don't doubt it. The first one was excellent. It really was good. And we'll see you in a few weeks. How's that sound? Next time. Sounds we'll, great. We'll snag a guest. Let's do it. Okay. I uh, want to thank everybody for uh, listening today. A uh, quick reminder, keep downloading us wherever you get your podcast. You subscribe as well. We also got our JM Baseball uh, Media YouTube channel. Give us the old thumbs up and leave a comment there because that's what Trevor really appreciates. Special shout out to Robbie Chiracco and Jameis Decay, our intern, who helped us out with all the research on this one as well. And we will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.